Mini-episode 1444 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late-night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Listen, if you were to tell me that Roman Reigns was going to break the Bruno Sammartino record, I would believe it. Because they're just going to keep feeding him guys month after month after month that you know aren't going to take him down. And you know they're just marking time until whatever. I, I think Braun Breaker, if they're, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say Braun Breaker like maybe a year from now would be what they do. And we got to sit through another year of this act? He's been friggin' champ since August of 2020. You know what I mean? Again, I don't know. For some reason it doesn't bother me. This is, out of all of the Roman Reigns, like, this one is the, the best, in my opinion, this version of it. I don't really see as much of it. Actually, it's one of those, like, less is more thing. But, like, it's gotten to a point where maybe it's because the reason why I like Lesnar. It's, like, uh, going back to the whole, it's the big fight, and it's the, um, the, the, this is the moment that's happening right now thing. Like, I get that. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is, but it's, like, I think this is the best version of him. I problem is that I'm going to agree with you as far as, you know, a broad breaker being the one in 2022, because they have no baby faces. No. Shit, the Royal Rumble was two heels, and they had to turn Seth Rollins into a baby face for that night because they had no one left. Right. Because they were going to sacrifice the only other baby face they tried to make is, is uh, Drew McIntyre. And then it's like, hey, Big E, remember you the WWE champion? Yeah. Apparently, when the apparently when the New Day loses to Brock Lesnar, they just lose all of their talent they've accumulated. Right. And Brock Lesnar consumes that, and they end up back in the tag team division on the other show. Yeah. And that's exactly what has happened twice. Yeah. I mean, Drew and Big E, those are guys that were elevated, but it's one of these things where it becomes really, really clear. And for all this hokey talk about, you know, Drew... And yeah, he did a tremendous job carrying them through the pandemic and holding up his end of the bargain. But the whole thing of like, oh, he's going to get his coronation at WrestleMania. No, he lost uh-huh. clean. He he lost clean to Bobby Lashley before losing repeatedly to him many more times. They squandered what they had in 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 Drew. He came off looking like a loser because of it. Big E uh, again. That's somebody where much like Drew, much like the way that they dropped the ball with him leading up to it. It, that title reign could have given you a mulligan, but they chose not to take it. And you only get one mulligan with these guys. If you don't make them look worthwhile as a champion, they're not going to look worthwhile as an ex-champion, and they're just in the same crowd of geeks here that whenever you have a big Royal Rumble match, you know they're in the crowd of guys that you don't need to care about. Drew McIntyre is the one who got screwed the most, though, because he was in the no-fans era, which that was just, yes. oh, God. I mean, this, 
Do you think it's abysmal in front of me? It's actually, it's like, which is funny, it's the same thing, just the people, like, I dare say this, the sheep react to it. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's like, there's certain things just like, like every single time they just, you know, react to it. And uh, I'll count my spa, I'll count myself amongst the sheep sometimes, you know, that's why that's why we continue to watch it. So I have kind of, I have a question, okay? Yeah. Since we're going over the, the, the show. Yeah. Okay, so what's next? The Women's Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. Okay. That match, in my opinion, showed so much more about, like, you know, how much they massacred their um, uh, women's division overall in this company. Right. Because, like, looking at it, I went, like, uh, a couple years ago, the Royal Rumble in Phoenix, there were no legends that came out that I can recall in the Women's Royal Rumble of Surprises right. being there. They right. were all people from NXT, and it was cool. It was like, okay, here's, like, you know, a glimpse of what the future is. This was so legend-heavy, I guess you could say. Right. And it was so much, like, substance, where it was just like, okay, it was very, was, it was a whole lot of sizzle and very little steak. <laughs> it was like, I don't know, I was like, you pop, because it, 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 wrestling is nostalgia, which right. is really weird for someone who doesn't, you know. Uh, don't look back at yesterday. Everything's about tomorrow, yet makes all of the, the majority of his money relying on nostalgia acts. Right. It's kind of funny, you know? Yeah, he true. Doesn't look, he doesn't look at it that way. He just looks at it as, you're going to make me money. He looks at it as the, the carny promoter that he is. Well, yeah, and that's the thing here, too, is that on the women's side, there are so few women that you are conditioned to even take seriously in, in terms of being winners. And it, then they take some of them, like Becky, and turn them heel just... Just because, I guess, because there's not like one organic feel-good story on the card that you're allowed to have. No, we're going to take the hottest woman that you have uh, as far as an actor. Her and Sasha together. Her and Sasha, when they're when they're both at their peaks, I'd say they're sort of, you know, equally hot acts. But but to turn them heel, get people booing them. By the way, you talked about this before. In terms of a, you know, if if you talk about dream matches and if WrestleMania was allowed to be something where you would unify the titles. And by the way, looking back to the uh, uh, to the Attitude Era, okay, do you think it mattered that, what was it, My Network TV, whatever the hell it was, UPN, whatever it was it had SmackDown, and then uh, USA, and then I think TNN having Raw, do you think they minded sharing uh, stars? They didn't. Because wouldn't you rather share half of $10 million than each have your own $1 million? That's kind of what the analogy is here, you know? You'd rather have half of a bigger pie, I would think. But if that is a match right there. You're not going to see it because they're not going to unify the titles. Think about this. you got Bailey, who's probably not ready to come back physically, but could probably handle some type of work, you know, around a match. What about Bailey as special referee? Both titles somehow in the mix. Doesn't matter who the belts are on, but let's say for the sake of example, Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha with Bailey as the special referee. Tell me that's not a dream match for WrestleMania, but you'll never see it. Because those are four of the only women that you're really, you know, supposed to take seriously. Ronda Rousey being another one when she comes back. Bianca Belair is not in that mix. Because she's another one, like Drew and like Big E, that got bitchified once they took the title off. And you're absolutely right about how dirty they did, uh, you know, bo both of them and, and Drew and everything like that. Drew beats Brock in an empty warehouse match at WrestleMania, and Brock goes away. Drew, Drew never even had, like, a rematch with Brock or anything like that. You talk about somebody that they made retroactively look like a paper champion. He didn't look like a paper champion at the time. 
but they have they, they have retroactively made him that and retroactively crapped on what he did to get them through the pandemic. They've wasted him altogether. Yeah, it's it's very like you know. I, I look at a situation to see like where does Drew McIntyre fit into a WrestleMania card? Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Realistically, with the way they book this, I don't know. Um, the only spot I the only I literally I don't know. Another one, Lashley. Where do you see him at? I don't know. He'll the probably WWE cha- the WWE Championship, other than unifying the titles. I don't know. Well, that's it. That's it. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I know they still have an Intercontinental title as they do the U.S. title, but it's the de facto Intercontinental the, the, title. The, the U.S. title, though, actually, that one actually seems pretty cut and dry. Well, yeah, yeah, and that, uh, look, you know. Would, would, would you agree, Damian Priest and uh, Austin Theory? I think so, yeah, and that's okay. where, and, and, and listen, and that, that could be a very good match, and that could be something where, again, if I wasn't pessimistic that they're going to blow it with both of these guys, Subsequently, yes, yes, but I mean, those are two guys that on paper uh, have everything going for them. They fit Vince's vision. Uh, they're they're both uh, you know very good and everything like that. But with the crappy state of this roster, with the way they've devalued everybody and gotten rid of so many of the ones that we really wanted to see, that the fans wanted to see, it's one of these things, Jake. Where and again, the fact that you know. They don't really have as much in the way of part-timers anymore. You don't have The Undertaker. You'll never have Triple H again after the heart issue. On and on and on we go. John Cena's too busy most of the time. So you don't even have the crutch. And we criticize them for using the crutch all these years, and this is why, because you don't have it when you need it outside of Brock. I mean, there are no dream matches. In, in the universe of there's a Raw and there's a SmackDown, uh, and it's not all one pot here of where you can put the best against the best and everything like that because again I I disagree with you in that I don't want to see an AEW split all I want to see and we'll talk about this more when we talk AEW I want to see trios titles and I think they're coming later this year and I think at that point it'll be perfect it'll be the perfect ratio of titles and everything like that to the deep roster but in the WWE they desperately need it and I don't know why, and, and again, they've brainwashed the networks into thinking you need to have your own product. But I'm telling you, man. No, you don't. Well, yeah. And if the NBC Universal and Fox guys were to ever have any back-channel conversations and comparing of notes and everything like that, because that's the thing. Vince has managed to pit them against each other. It's one of these things of like, oh, you're being unfair to this network. But that's exactly the way Vince wants it. Oh, well, to appease you, I'll send Brock over to your show for a couple of weeks. Vince has got him right where he wants him. But if they ever talked to each other behind his back, they'd realize they have a lot more in common uh, on this and that they ought to be the ones coming to Vince saying, end this crap of two subpar you know, mini promotions, let us each be part of at least one decent-sized promotion that might have a half a chance if you abandon all, all your crappy ideas. <laughs> so, so your favor, then, of, uh, as I think I understand it, of getting rid of the, the, the brand split entirely. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, then, so you know, based on the cards, if we're going to do that, based on the cards we have here, would you do uh, for the women's titles? Like, I would do, should redo the triple threat match. If that's what you're going yes. for, it's all about one night. The yes. From a couple of years ago, give us the actual finish, because that finish sucked. Yes, yes, that's it. With Bailey as the special referee, that's exactly what I would do. You know, that's just like, you get, get Rousey, uh, Sasha, not Sasha. Uh, well, wait. Charlotte. 
Well, no. Rousey's in it. Yeah, I, Rousey won the Royal Rumble. Rousey's going to WrestleMania. Okay. The main event from a couple years ago. Well, I don't know what you do with Ronda, because my vision was Charlotte, Sasha, Becky. Maybe you do I like it. that, but, I mean, Ronda's already in the... She already won. Ronda's right. in the women's title match. All right, so, I, I do it as um, a four-way, then. Even though it's not just the four horsewomen, I, I would do it the four horsewomen, counting Bailey as special referee, plus Ronda. That's what I would do. Yeah, just, you know, you only want tag champs. Keep, you, I guess you can keep the U.S. title and the uh, Intercontinental title. They could be the champion of said show. I, I, I think so. You, 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 could, <laughs> you could keep them both. You would unify the belts. There's a scenario here where they're not going to do it, but if you did it where, uh, and, and and this was this is without the the whole Brock versus Roman Reigns thing here. If this, it, or or if you manage to have Big E in the mix, let's just say we insert Big E for the sake of argument, because you think of the cascading possibilities that you could have here. Uh, because if if you had any kind of tag team uh, unification match, and like, much like with the women's, you could do it with more than two teams. If you had the Usos and New Day in the mix, that would be representations from that main event match. Uh, women's title match. Let's say you had you, 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 the women's division always has to have uh, you know goofy type partners, right? What if your partners as champions were to be? Uh, let's say Bianca Belair and Naomi. So, and you had the Street Profits in the mix with the tag team match. So it could be like they're conflicted because their husbands are fighting against each other for the tag team titles and everything like that. And Naomi, you know, there's all kinds of ways you could go with interweaving things. There's a lot of layers there, you know, if if you wanted to do it, which they never will, obviously, because you have to unify things to do that. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think we're, uh, we're giving WWE too much, too much, too much overthought on that. Way you know? too much. We, we are through <laughs> the wall. <laughs> like, like, wow. You, you way overthought that. Ronda Rousey versus, uh, I don't know, who's the champion right now? Charlotte Flair. Why? Because. Right. <laughs> because, because. Right. Oogie. <laughs> but this is. It goes back to my, my point beforehand. The best thing for you. Um, Charlotte Flair is somebody else who's also untouched by their, um, I guess. She's in a different. She's on. In the, I guess as far as the women go, her and Becky. They yeah. Really do. I mean, they do this crap that's on the TV for them, but you know what I mean. They're in that other air. They are, and, and everybody that fights them is 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 jobbers basically. And the whole thing too of like they turn Dewdrop heel before Becky Lynch. Uh, you know, has the title match with her, so they're both heels. So it's one of yeah. these things like let's make sure there's no heat in the crowd for this one. I, I mean, just all right. the things that they do of where it just nobody with half a brain would book things the way that they do. If, if, if you had a monkey throwing feces at the wall and that, and that feces had like pieces of paper in it with, you know, the combinations and stuff and they have face heel alignments, those feces that the monkey is flinging at the wall would still make more sense than the crap they're giving us. I agree. I completely, I completely agree. Um, you know, and it goes back to the point we were making before of uh, you're going to spend all of your money on these few stars, bring them across all brands that you can. You're like, hey, you know, Fox, here's Ronda Rousey, here NBC, here's uh, Brock Lesnar. You're going to sell the names that they know and they know people know and that people will pay money for. It. That's all it is. It's just like a big network game going back to, you know, the point before that. So every single thing is just set up for the. Vince doesn't look at things anymore as like, hey, this is going to be next year's WrestleMania. No. Right. <laughs> so literally, this is going to be wrong. 
this is going to be SmackDown. Right. Like, there is no real, like, because you can tell that when they, when they, even when they accidentally fall into things. Right. Like, what was, was it Mansoor somehow undefeated? I think so. <laughs> they just, and they had him lose by, like, DQ and, like, main event or something dumb. Right. <laughs> I was like, how did, why would you do that? Just like, just, how? It's like, was it CM Punk once said, you're successful in spite of yourself. It really, really is, and it's funny, and that's the thing, like, but when you look at CM Punk, who, he was the first one, and then it was Danielson, ultimately, of where it helped open the door to the indies. It helped turn the tide from where they were in the mid-2000s, and something I talked about previously on the show, and looking back at the history of the company, I talked about this with Kyle Ross. I used to refer to this all the time as the lost generation, because after the class of O2, they had, like, nobody that came through for years and years and years. That was more or less a lost decade as far as all the muscle heads and developmental and everything like that. And, and meanwhile, there was a percolating going on in the Indies. And then, you know, in the 2010s, some of the guys who should have been up, who should have been called up earlier, did get called up because of Punk and Danielson setting the example of what they could do. Everything comes full circle. Punk and Danielson are now breathing even more life into AEW, but that's the whole thing here of, you know, Vince going back to his roots, that when, when he was trying to be the monopoly of the wrestling world, it was one of these things where he had to tolerate the other stuff, and he had to tolerate storylines where the baby faces would be saying things like, you don't want me to say the word wrestling, wrestling's a dirty word to you, Vince. He had to tolerate that kind of stuff. Notice there aren't any baby faces on his shows these days talking about pro wrestling. Everything is in his image. Everything is in his corporate speak at this point in time. And that's why it's worse than ever. You said there's no baby faces on his shows talking wrestling. There's no baby faces on his show. Yeah, true. There's none. You know, none of them worth a crap, yeah. Who's, who, who's their top baby face? Brock Lesnar? He's not a baby face. <laughs> I mean, he's a default baby face, basically. I guess. You know. He's the best version. I gotta say this: this is the best version of Brock Lesnar since like '03. Well, <laughs> it's like at least he's like showing personality. He looks like he's having fun. I don't know. Well, that's it's the like, thing right. too. Hey, and he's like, anybody who knocks him was like, Yo, he doesn't do anything. He's actually doing stuff. Well, that's it exactly, and that's one of these things where, you know, I, Brock strikes me as being a a smart businessman. So it's one of these things where he and I think. Part of his calculation in not talking over the years was, uh, again, part of it was personal. He was uncomfortable trying to do it. And then part of it was business because he was just like, you know, it's better for business if Paul talks for me. I hope Rock is seeing that that part of it, even if it was right at one time, it's not right now because he can do an awful lot on his own. He has to now that Paul's not there. Uh, by his side, but I hope he is seeing how good he can be at this and, and that this is going to be something we see from him going forward. He's still, though, again, at the end of the day, a part-timer, and this is one of these things where, again, the bitter fruit, I used to say this for years at WrestleMania time, when the WrestleManias would be built around part-timers and, and the other guys would look like geeks, and particularly in the pre-network era, uh, when these things would be pay-per-views, or people would have pay-per-view parties, or, or you'd be going to a place like uh, the late great Harpo's to watch it. I would always talk about that, the lost opportunity, because people might be paying to see these other guys in this match or whatever. 
But if you give these people a good impression of a Daniel Bryan or this guy or whatever, then that becomes a thing where when the time comes to take them seriously as a main eventer, you've planted that in the minds of people. But again, for Vince, nobody remembers anything, pal. That's what it comes down to, is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Nobody remembers anything because that's the way he wants it to be, and God help us all, Vince has the core audience that he always wanted, and that's why it's shrinking by the day. Yeah, um, you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> I, 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 uh... You know, I, I can't I can't really disagree with you on that. It is it, it is his little world. Yep. And again, you know, how much longer do you keep playing? But how much longer is he, how much longer is he going to keep doing this before you know something comes along? He goes to actually do what it is that he really wants to do, whatever that happens to be. Well, you know, I mean, and, and an interesting thing too on people we're talking really about potential potential buyers for the WWE. Something involved with a uh, as absurd as it sounds, somehow like a. Um, Dwayne Johnson led like what kind of like a, uh, a conglomerate, I guess. Right. Involving Nick Khan, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a potential buyer, that's on the table, and, and, the, and the fan base would be like, "Oh, well, this is cool." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd be like, "Hey," I'd be like, "Wait, the Rock just bought wrestling." Right. What? And that's what it would be. They'd be like, "Okay," and I'd be like, "I don't know. This is a fantasy booking thing." Well. Dwayne Johnson. We, finally, we would finally get Rock Wrestling Federation. We would. Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> apparently a childhood friend of Nick Khan, fueling conspiracy theories everywhere about what's happened to Triple H and the whole big uh, shakeout here, and whether that is a manifestation of the political issues uh, between them twenty plus years ago. Who the hell knows? I think that's just part of the backdrop of this thing. Shane O'Mac on his way out of here because uh, Shane, who again politically. Never on the same side as Triple H, and yet they have both fallen prey to uh, Nick Khan, uh, Bruce Pritchard, and everyone else in, in the whole scheme of things here. Yeah, so I mean, like I said before, and this feels like sort of a culminating point, I think you finally answered the question I had when I never believed that Vince would sell, because it's one of these things where if Vince sells and he's got his $3.5 billion, but he doesn't have this to go do every week, my thing was, he'll be like Bear Bryant, dead within a month. But if he's got, you know, if he thinks he's got his project that this is going to be the thing that makes me, you know, leave behind wrestling once and for all, pal, this is going to be the first line of my obituaries, this other project, not everything I did with WWE. If he if he's going to put 3.5 mil into something like that, then I could see it happening. But I'd have to see that. And that's the thing, too, of is there even a part of Vince that, that is, he is motivated by so much spite, as we well know. Going out on the heels of, again, having to abandon the whole vision of the Monopoly because of AEW, and because AEW beat that ass on Wednesday nights, is, is that an element that makes this less likely that Vince gets out now? Because that's going to be one of the final things he's remembered for chronologically. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I guess that depends on, you know, what the success of AEW is going forth from here, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, opportunity is there, not only for them. I mean, there's enough free agents right now in pro wrestling to actually make, like, three more pro wrestling federations. Like, just if our fantasy booking, yep. um, one of the ideas was the Keith uh, um, uh, to NWA, I think would be good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they could get a, a cash influx in here, definitely. All, all I can say is, uh, with, with what happened with uh, Shane O'Mac this past week, 
it could get really, really interesting. Uh, the next time that Raw, I, I think I saw an ad, they're going to be in Cleveland March 7th. So, uh, un unfortunately, Dynamite doesn't run on Monday nights. But if they ran on Monday nights, I would say book a show in Panama City, Florida that week just to get tongues wagging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that was where that was at. I was on the same page. Yeah. This week nice. on, a, on a special Monday edition of Dynamite, we'll have a special guest. See if you can guess who. <laughs> Wait, you're there. And I'll be, yeah, nobody would get it. They'd, they'd screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God bless them. Sometimes they try too hard. <laughs> <laughs> the name on so the... Okay, con you, went, you went too inside there. You know? I'm going to go even further inside. You know what Shane would say? Shane would say the name on the contract said Khan, but not Nick Khan, Tony Khan. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so... Well, that little that little bit of humor there feels sort of, you know, kind of culminating. Any other thoughts on the whole state of WWE depressing, though it is, that we didn't get to in our uh, lengthy and entertaining bit session here? No, no, um, I, I think it'll be, uh, I don't know, uh, we'll, we'll talk in the aftermath of WrestleMania and see what happens. Absolutely, we'll reconvene, we'll see how it goes. And, 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 and maybe it'll be sold by then. Uh, yeah, maybe it will be. We'll, maybe it will be, but uh, not, but maybe <laughs> probably not. And uh, again, we'll see. And uh, with WWE, uh, the the thing thing you can always say is uh, things can only get worse. And uh, they've gotten worse since August the last time we did this. And doubtless they'll be worse the next time we get back in here. But hey, it's fun to break it down with all of our different uh, harsh wow, critiques. You're such a beacon of hope. Yes, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know. Well, that's one of these things where, again, uh, if I was to channel Rick Pitino, I would say Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock ain't walking through that door. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how much worse things get by the end of WrestleMania. But uh, we'll be here to break it down. Uh, Jake, there's uh, nobody better to do harsh critiques with or good critiques, as we'll see when we do AEW. So we'll see. But uh, thank you so much, Jake Digman, and thank you, everybody, for joining us for our critique of the state of WWE heading into this year's WrestleMania. <laughs>